sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. It's October, and you know what that means. Candy, because Halloween is coming at the end of the month. But with Halloween, sometimes, depending especially on the costumes that we see or maybe wear, uh, we actually start to think a little bit about death. Uh, and that's not necessarily morbid or ghoulish. That can actually be a good, pious, and in fact, holy thing. So what does the church tell us about death? And what happens after death? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is very complicated. It's Ignition at sfcatholic.org. Actually, the sfcatholic.org might be complicated. Ignition isn't. It's the name of the show. Um, Robin, how do you spell ignition? I-G-N-I-D-I-O-N. Oh, <laughs> I know how to spell. I actually got runner-up in the spelling bee in third grade. I'm a good speller, but good I did job, cheat Robin. just now. You did. So ignition <laughs> at SF as in Sioux Falls, sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition <laughs> at sfcatholic.org. So, uh, <laughs> The surprise is out of the bag. Robin Bruggeman is back for another exciting episode of Ignition yes. with Chris and Robin. Yay. Hey, Robin. Hi. Robin, in case, because uh, it's been a few episodes since you were on, yeah. would you mind just briefly introducing yourself to our listeners? Yeah, Robin Bruggeman. I am married to Spike for almost going on 30 years, and we have seven kiddos and one grandbaby, and I have two son-in-laws. I'm a Catholic convert, and... I just, I love the Catholic faith. I'm a convert, yep. but I have grown to just love our faith. And you are on, uh, the, the, one of the reasons, kind of the the initial reason why um, you and I, I talked with you about being on Ignition from time to time is because of a particular passion that you have. Mm, I love living lit, living liturgically. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> lit is fun. We love to have fun. Yep. So yeah, I just love um, following the liturgy of the church, the liturgical year, and trying to bring that into the home, into the family. And I just think that's a fun and easy, great way to teach the faith and hopefully pass it on to our kids. Amen. Yeah. Robin, have you, uh, there, there's, uh, how's your Latin? Not very good. I do have a Latin tattoo. That's about all I know. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Casey's looking we'll over. We'll save really? that for another episode. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I know a little bit. I wish I knew more. Um, oh my goodness. That would be, if I could learn a language, that's what I would want to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, because I love when you go into Catholic churches mm -hmm. and you see the Latin, and I want to go in and know instantly that's what, what that, that says. says. So, um, in fact, I, when I was in the cathedral just this week, I always forget what it says. You know, it says "Glory to God," I think, and then um, it transfers over to Latin, and I think it's no, it's all um, that's all. Latin. It starts with yeah. Gloria. Anyways, glory, so yeah, I was Gloria actually is a Latin word meaning Hallelujah, meaning glory, 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 glory. It says Gloria in Deo. Yeah, yeah, okay. Says. But then it's, anyway, so anyway, yeah, but I love, I don't know very much Latin, but I want to know more. But I do know about a word we'll maybe talk about after a while, what it means. Ooh. Well, what I was, <laughs> <laughs> there might be a couple of surprises coming in this episode. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard the Latin phrase, lex orandi, lex credendi? You the, can say no. Well, half, I mean, I remember hearing the last part of that. 
Lex orandi, lex credendi. Now tell me what it means. I mean, the I'm law sure I know, of I prayer is the law of belief. Ooh, I so like it's about that. the relationship. So it's a, like how, how we pray informs what we believe, mm-hmm. and what we believe informs how we pray. So to I me, the whole that. living lit, like that's the Latin subtitle for living lit. Because, I love it. Okay, yeah. so when we're done recording, you're gonna help me write that out. Great. Because you probably know how to spell it. Because I know how to spell. <laughs> I thought you third grade spelling be winner, well, was, Robin. Yeah, we didn't do Latin. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hope it's right on my arm. The <laughs> Yeah, the tattoo can be another time. So no, another <laughs> another conversation. Fiat voluntas tua. Is that what that said? Yes. Uh, wow. Yeah. You have good yeah. eyes or what? Uh, it's in script too. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but Meanwhile. I, but I digress. Meanwhile. <laughs> mean there we go. <laughs> um so I started, you know, we are into it's still early October, yep. but we're 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 looking ahead. We're anticipating actually early November. Yes. Um, because this episode, actually, I'm going to hold off on that for now. I'll hold off on that. We're going to mm-hmm. anticipate the end of October 1st. Mm-hmm. So Halloween's coming up. Uh, We're kind of in that season. Yep, yeah, we are. We you are. Know, it's if fall. You're out and about, it's fall. And if the you're leaves are falling. They're dying. Yeah. Death. Judgment. Mm-hmm. Heaven. Hell. And? Purgatory. Purgatory. So we're going to start uh, in this episode. We, this might become a two-parter, depending mm-hmm. on how it goes. Probably will, but we'll see. Okay. Um, that's the great thing about podcasts. You just wind them up and see how they go. We're just rolling with it. Um, so purgatory. So uh, you actually proposed that maybe we start off uh, this episode or maybe this two-part episode talking about um, what the church teaches about purgatory. Mm-hmm. So why, as you were sort of brainstorming what we might discuss, mm-hmm. um, how, how'd that come to be? Well, you know, not being raised Catholic, I knew the, the, the word purgatory and that was always just associated with Catholics. And, um, before knowing what it really is, it was kind of had maybe a negative thought in my mind and just thought, okay, purgatory equals Catholics equals weird. And um, it's all really just not understanding what it really is and that there's biblical truth to purgatory. And now that I am Catholic and have um, come to understand more about purgatory, I am so thankful the Catholic Church <clears throat> believes, you know, what it does about purgatory and the truth with that. So um, I just think it's helpful for listeners because you could be raised Catholic and maybe still not fully understand. Um, but if you have listeners that aren't and it's still kind of foreign, I just think it's a good thing to Great. understand. Yep. yep. So did you, <clears throat> excuse me, did you, uh, as a, so was it weird because it was a Catholic thing or was, were there aspects of it that just didn't make sense to you? Or did you not really know? Like, what was your, your if you remember, what was your sense of what purgatory, yeah. how you understood purgatory then? I would say I was raised that it was not real. Okay. That that's okay. not, so just not I was real. raised that that's a, um, and the denomination I was before that, that's that we don't believe that business yep. sort yep. of thing. Um, Another, so, ca- yeah. another Catholic convention. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, where'd they come up with these things? Well, yeah. in this one, actually. So it's it's definitely true, as I as I pat my Bible, mm-hmm. um, that the word purgatory isn't in Scripture. But in fact, I do think that it's, um, this is one of those doctrines where you it's pretty clear. It's, it's Im- Im- implicit. It's an implication mm-hmm. of what we do find in Scripture in a in a pretty clear way, <clears throat> more clear than some other things. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the, the classic example you hear a lot of, like if you listen to Catholic Answers live, um, you'll hear a lot of apologists point out like the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but it's a pretty oh. clear implication huh. yeah. that the, that God is triune because right. there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but one God, right? right. <clears throat> so purgatory, not quite that clear, but not too far off from mm-hmm. that, I think. But before we get into that, I think one thing that's really important for folks to understand about what the church teaches about purgatory. So what is purgatory? Purgatory is uh, this state after we die where all of our, uh, any venial sins um, that we have and all of our moral imperfections, our, our sinful inclinations, if you will, our sinful disorders, all of that, venial sins, sinful disorders, sinful desires, that's all purified, mm-hmm. purged, right. purgatory, yep. cleansed, uh, so that we can enter into God's glory, the fullness of his glory in heaven. Right, because nothing unclean can because enter into As the into Bible says heaven. in Revelation, right. nothing unclean shall enter into heaven. Yeah, which so, makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so... It's the state of cleansing, but it's not, and this is one thing that especially the the early Protestant reformers, for whatever reason, this just was not clear in how the church was presenting its its, its teaching on this, for, apparently, because uh, a lot of the early reformers, and so many Protestants today, have this idea that purgatory is separate from Jesus. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and of course... Many Protestants rightly would say, but all salvation comes from and through Jesus Christ. Again, that, right. that's true. And as Catholics, we mm-hmm. give a hearty amen, alleluia. Absolutely, that mm-hmm. is the case. Mm-hmm. Purgatory is not separate from Jesus. Purgatory is one of the means by which the saving effects of Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross and his triumph over death and in his resurrection. It's one of the means by which that is applied Mm -hmm. to us. So purgatory, if you will, flows from the cross and resurrection. Mm -hmm. It's not separate from Jesus. And I just think that's really important, especially for uh, anybody, our, our Protestant listeners to understand that that's part of what right. that, that's 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 what the church teaches about purgatory yeah yeah i'm glad you care you thought you clarified that because i was raised protestant so yeah, yeah. bridging the gap there good. Yep. yeah so okay so what is but what's the biblical basis for purgatory so we already the, the, to me there's two key truths uh teachings that we find in scripture one we've already alluded to you you mentioned it uh first from the book of Revelation, um, nothing unclean shall enter into heaven. It's near the end, mm-hmm. chapter 20, 21, maybe 22, somewhere in there. We're told that nothing impure or unclean shall enter into heaven. So right. that's talking about moral flaws and imperfections. So mm-hmm. any sinful, any desire that's contrary to God's, uh, even if I haven't acted on it. So oh. say, um, say that uh, I'm uh, a habitual liar up until the moment of death. And not necessarily about big things, but I tell a lot of white lies. It's just part of what I do. Well, that's a sin. That's a sinful inclination. And even if I actually have not told a lie, so so, Catholic context, um, I'm a habitual liar. I go to confession. I get hit by a car after confession. Uh, so my sins of lying have been forgiven, but but mm-hmm. I still have within me a distortion, a flaw, right. where I have by my actions, um, re- because of my repeated lying, my I'm I'm, I'm a little bent, mm-hmm. I'm a little crooked, 
that way. Um, or I've got a stain. Even though the right. even though the dirt of the sin has been wiped away, there's still that stain because I did it so often right. over and over and over again um, that that I've got this this flaw, this stain on my soul, if you will. And before I can enter into heaven, Scripture tells us that has to be cleansed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. But the other thing too, we we read explicitly. So this idea of um, there being um, sins that aren't real serious, what we call venial sins, that is in Scripture. So St. John, in one of his letters, I think it's Second John, but I'm not sure. It could be First John or Second John. Um, St. John talks about how there are, there's some sin which is not deadly. Mm-hmm. So sin, deadly sin, what we call mortal sin, right. dead, mortal, yeah. dead. Uh, m- mortal sins... Um, if you will kill our relationship with God, mm-hmm. uh, but Saint John tells us in Scripture that there are some there are some sin which is not deadly, so it damages, but it doesn't kill or destroy my relationship with God. So I, it's possible for me to die with some sins on my soul, but I won't be damned because right. it's not deadly mortal sins. Right. So there's there we're told that. But we're also told just a couple books later in Revelation that nothing impure shall enter into heaven. Well, the, mm-hmm. how do we reconcile those? Well, that's the implication is there must be some means by which Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead uh, is applied to my non-deadly sins to wipe them away, to cleanse me of them mm-hmm. so I can enter into the heavenly place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thoughts, comments? questions does that i mean did i might yeah. as as you entered into the church as you've uh come to know the church is teaching about purgatory um d- did that make sense to you when yes. you heard it were there other aspects well, of it that you yeah i mean do you mean like right away when i learned all that uh, or you mean like whatever just i mean i would say i keep going deeper in my appreciation for yeah. purgatory and what the church um shows us through what is biblical and um, I just sit here in awe when I'm listening to you. I feel so blessed to be learning all this along with your listeners too. But um, I think what I appreciate the most is that being raised in a kind of, okay, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, you know, kind of like you touched on a little bit. Um, <clears throat> that's, you know, you're good to go. All right. You know, yep. um, I mean, you didn't say that, but you kind of in the very beginning here kind of alluded to that, I think. And um, where... It did, even when I didn't understand purgatory, I always kind of thought, well, that's just interesting to me that you could have like extreme different levels of sinfulness maybe. Right. And, but if you believe, well, as long <laughs> as you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, which amen, like you say to that, because we also believe that we yep. want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ yep. first and foremost. So we are the same in that, but there also should be consequences for, um, are different, you know, for sinning and for not following God's way, or let's say there is something really, really, really horrible, you know, but then it kind of goes back to a sin as a sin, right? Yep. But yet it does seem like there are different levels of sinning, but I think purgatory is, um, I don't want to say a blessing, but really it It is. is. It is because it's almost like a second chance in a way, you know, like, I mean, if it was just, okay, you're either going to heaven or hell, and you, I'm sorry, but whoops, you did these things. You didn't seek forgiveness. You weren't whatever. And then bam, you're going the opposite direction, you know? 
Um, so I just think purgatory is, it's very beautiful. It's mm-hmm. very, very beautiful and a blessing um, for us to spend that time if that's, if we are so chosen to get there. Um, I mean, I pray and hope that we all can get to heaven, you know, that we live lives worthy to get to heaven first. Yep. But if not, um, thankfully we have purgatory for us to yep. spend that time refining and purifying and um, so that we are completely worthy to be in Christ's presence. Yep. So um, the more I learn about purgatory and understand and am open to receiving that, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good it's thing. A, yep. it's, it's a, a good it, thing. It's a gift. It is. So yeah, as you're talking there, a couple of the things occurred to me that I think are just important for our listeners to understand. Again, you might be Catholic and not know this. You might not be Catholic and probably, probably wouldn't know this then. But um, I, I've talked to some um, some folks, even who are like you, converts to Catholicism, but mm-hmm. maybe just didn't learn a lot, um, mm-hmm. who have thought some, just had some misconceptions about purgatory. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of them already is that it's it's separated somehow from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another way in which we receive salvation outside of Jesus. Not true. Another thing, mm-hmm. though, again, and it was impl- implicit in what you just said, so I want to be explicit about it. Purgatory is temporary. Right. So right. anybody who is in purgatory will get to heaven. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes, uh, I know that some people have this idea that uh, when we talk about purgatory, that it's it's a third permanent destination. Right. I'm so glad afterlife. you clarified that. Yes, and it's not. Yeah, it's right. a, it's it's more like the uh, foyer to heaven. Yeah, like a waiting room. It's a waiting room yeah. into heaven. The other thing too, um, the thing about purgatory is, and this is, I don't think a lot of Catholics even think about this. I don't do anything in purgatory. In purgatory, something is done to me. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm purified. I don't purify myself. Right. I don't. So like oftentimes you get the, like taking a bath. Right. I was, I was actually just going to compare it to. Yeah. I don't cleanse myself in purgatory. The Lord cleanses me right. in purgatory of all those, whatever flaws, whatever imperfections, whether, again, whether they be those those non-deadly venial sins right. or whether they be my sinful inclinations, the Lord um, purifies me mm. in purgatory. That's such a beautiful image. As so why is, it, why is it beautiful to you? Um, okay, so a few different things. First of all, when you're saying that, it just, I picture like really the Lord just coming to whoever that person, you, you know, whoever in purgatory and just coming to them personally and washing their wounds or their dirtiness, whatever. So tenderly and so lovingly, because um, just like we would bathe our kids or get them ready for whatever, like we're going to clean you off for this special occasion or whatever. But also the thing that came to my mind is the mercy because that I would say is the other thing I was raised with, um, to go against like, oh, Catholics believe in purgatory, but God is merciful. So you'll go straight to heaven. Even if you have sinned, whatever, you're going straight to heaven because of God's mercy. Yes, of course, God is merciful. He has so much love and mercy for us. So that also came to me when you were talking um, about that, just the mercy God has on us to say, you know, gosh, you know what? You're going to be with me. I'm just going to clean you up a little bit and make you fully ready for the banquet. Yep. Because I think even if let's just say purgatory didn't exist and we get to heaven, um, 
And I know, like, I mean, we don't know. What are we thinking there? We're, we're not going to remember all bad, yucky, whatever, right? But what if, what if you are carrying this baggage of sin? And what if you did recall? Wouldn't you just feel like, oh, man, I wish I was just a little bit, like, I wish I would have prepared a little bit better right. for this. right. But really, I feel like that's it's it's a purgation. It's a um, you know stripping of us anything bad, but also just preparing us all the more to enter into the heavenly paradise and banquet. So it's just a beautiful like yeah. Robin, Thank have you, you ever? Image. You're welcome. So to be honest, Robin, that just occurred to me when I mentioned. I've never thought about purgatory that way before. Holy and Spirit, as I was talking, amen. So as, 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 as I was talking about what the image that came to my mind is one of Jesus's parables, the parable of the good Samaritan hmm. where the good Samaritan, um, cleanses the wounds of yes. the man who was beaten, yes. binds him up, wraps him, uh, pours oil into them. And, mm-hmm. and, and just as I was talking, I was thinking that's, that's how I, now I'm going to imagine purgatory because there is, um, uh, an unofficial, you know, not formally taught, but there's a tradition. Uh, there's another a way to explain purgatory that does focus on, frankly, the, the, sort of, if you will, the pains of purgatory. Yeah, yeah, right. Because because when your wounds are being tended to by the physician, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Um, as I'm being healed, there is some pain in that purgation, in right. that cleansing, in right. that purification. But it's a good pain. Yeah, it's a good right. hurt because right. I know I am being prepared, yeah. as you said beautifully, yeah. for the banquet. Right. The other thing, as you were talking, the other, have you ever, I have done this, You maybe you have. Have you ever, by chance, shown up at, event, in a, at an event and realized, oh, I missed the boat on this one. Like you're I'm underdressed. totally underdressed. Yeah. <laughs> I have done that. I can think of an instance in Rome when I was studying graduate school. I went to a mass and this mass actually turned out to be a really big deal for somebody. Um, and he had invited me to attend this mass. And I, like, I was not, <laughs> not like I had not uh, taken care of myself mm-hmm. uh, well enough. I wasn't like, <laughs> I didn't show up in like, uh, you know, holy jeans or whatever, yeah. but I was not dressed up enough. Right. And I like, I like, shoot. Yeah. So that makes me think, okay, so I hope I don't lose this thought. So when you're in purgatory, the other painfulness is the longing, right? The, yes. oh my goodness, <sighs> I can see where I have been wanting to go all these years and I can't quite get there. Yep. Right. So that's some of the pain is that longing for what you cannot quite get to or have. And so it makes me think of if you show up to an event and you're even if you're overdressed, that is also very uncomfortable. But if you're underdressed, your mind is probably just, you know, the whole time you're there, you're okay. Like in your case, you're probably trying to focus on mass, but at the same time, you're like, oh, my gosh, I really I'm not properly prepared. I really wish I would have whatever. I wish I had dressed appropriately. Your mind is thinking of that and you cannot focus, right? Yep. On What's what happening. you came for. Yep. So that's also very similar to like when you're in purgatory, right? Where you're it's unsettling. Yep. Right? You're just you can't quite get to where you need yep. to go because you have to just clarify and um focus and whatever. So anyways. Amen. Funny. So the other thing is so along these lines too, um, People, and this is more Catholics, I think, who have this idea the, uh, of, of the nature of time in purgatory. Yeah. Uh, so the way that we've talked about things like indulgences, which maybe down the road we'll talk about yeah, indulgences. Yeah, that's down the road. Um, <laughs> like, so people have this idea that you could be in purgatory for 
months, years, potentially. Um, but the thing we have to remember, so first of all, the church, like if you look in the catechism of the Catholic Church, when the church speaks about purgatory in her formal teachings, she talks about purgatory as a state right? more than a place. Right. The implication, is, so a state um, more than a place, so time and place after death Mm-hmm. Don't mean the same thing that they do for us right. while time we're alive. Because time is not so purgatory same. is a state of cleansing. It might be okay, the church is. It might be, um, in a sense, what we, duration might not. Duration doesn't mean what it does. Time doesn't mean what it do, means for us now after we die. Right. So purgatory might, in a sense, be instantaneous. It's just a matter of how intense the cleansing is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one explanation, this is this is not a formal teaching of the church, it's an explanation of the church's formal teaching, but one explanation of purgatory that makes a lot of sense to me is actually purgatory is the our first instant in heaven. Hmm. Because I because I don't have any mortal sins on my soul. So mm-hmm. I'm entering into the heavenly throne room, if you will, where I'm before God in all his glory, and all his glory burns away in an instant. A painful instant, but a merciful instant, yeah. all my flaws and imperfections. Now, again, the church mm-hmm. doesn't formally teach that, but that makes, because St. Paul does talk about this idea of why do we use the image of fire in, in, in when it comes to the cleansing as opposed right. to water or washing? Yeah. Because in 1 Corinthians, um, his first letter to the Corinthians, St. Paul talks about how all, all the chaff will be burned away and the gold mm-hmm. will be purified, speaking mm-hmm. about us mm-hmm. and our, our works that are maybe not as pure as, right. as they might be. So that's where we get that idea. So I do wonder, uh, we'll find out one day, mm-hmm. hopefully, but I do wonder if, if um, again, it's that, it's that idea of purgatory being the, the entryway, the antechamber. Um, the waiting room for heaven. Mm-hmm. It's it's that first moment where we're in God's glory, and again, we don't cleanse ourselves. Right, we're cleansed by Him. Well, maybe that's, if you will, the fire of His love yeah. that purifies us. Right, however quickly, yeah. uh, so that we can we can behold Him in all His glory. Yeah, I don't. We again, we don't that know that for certain. The but, sacred heart, yeah, too, kind of makes me think of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so surprise, surprise, Brene, uh, Brene. <laughs> What's your name? What did you put in that text last night? Robs. Robs. <laughs> Don't Robs. call me that. Don't call Robs. me that. Robin. It's um, okay. I get it. We sh- we share this chair. Renee and Robin, you yes, share the share first the chair. letter. You share the chair. Yeah. The R. Women. Okay. But anyways. We have so, a minute. I know. We have That's why I was looking to... at the time. So I think we need to visit next time then about how can we help people that are in purgatory. Yes. That sounds great. And what role we have in that. And I think we should also talk, Oh, one more Latin phrase. I think we should talk oh, about yes. next time. And it's one that, you know, and it's not tattooed on your arm. I'm thinking about fine. getting it. Is it memento mori? It is memento mori. On the way here. I was like, maybe I should get a skull. No. <laughs> so <laughs> memento mori might be well known. It's, a, it's, it's, it's kind of in, it's some, in, it's in some corners of the pop culture. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about memento mori yes. and what that means. And we'll talk about um, how we can help those souls in yes. purgatory, maybe even on a particular day of next month. Yes. Sound good? 
Yes, coming next. Sounds good. Thanks, Robin. Yeah. And folks, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any questions about this episode or ideas for future ones. And until next time, may God bless you.